0: part one of this episode, I talked about the idea that most human beings think that the way to get ahead is to add stuff. But you know enough about math to understand that multiplication is always going to get you to a higher number, right? Two plus 10 gets you 12. Two multiplied by 10 gets you to 20. So what does it look like in your life like i'm asking you this question over and over and over because i want you to dive in i want you to journal it out maybe you do a brainstorm with some friends and you talk this through what are the things that are working how can we do them better how can we multiply what's working hi i'm rachel hollis and this is my podcast jumping right back in to part two of setting the intention for the new year. If you listened to the last episode, then you know I didn't think it was going to be a two-parter, but I ended up talking for so long and at such length that I felt like, okay, we actually have to split this up because there's too much juicy information to put into a single episode If this is the first piece of this you're listening to, please press pause, go back one episode and listen to part one. Because when it comes to goal setting, we always start with where we want to end up. We always start with the end in mind and work backwards. So if you didn't listen to part one, I don't know that this is going to make as much sense to you. But assuming that you did, let's jump right into this process Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discovercom cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. We've talked about the equation. We've talked about what do you want this to equal? What's the end of the equation? Where are we headed? We talked about what we want to subtract. What are the things that we need to pull away from our life to become the better version of ourselves? What are those habits, those bad habits, those things that you know are hindering your growth, that you've got to figure out how to eliminate because they are keeping you from becoming the person you want to be. So now let's talk about multiplication because you know I love a theme and the theme of this one is math, apparently. Multiplication is how do we multiply the things we are doing well? How do we pour gasoline on the fire? How do we pay attention to where we're getting the results that we want to get, even if it's tiny little increments? And how do we get more of that? I did a a post. I wrote a post recently on Instagram. I'm at Miss Rachel Hollis, if you don't already follow me. But I wrote this post on Instagram because when we were flying out here to Hawaii, I was taking my daughter to the bathroom. She's a big girl now. So she's really excited. She went into the airplane bathroom by herself. And then I stood outside and waited for her and then helped her wash her hands and do all that jazz. But while I was waiting outside, there was a young dad with a three-month-old baby. This baby was so small. And like as a parent, I just feel like we all do this, especially if you're a mama. You see someone with a basically a newborn you're like oh my gosh how old like you just ask all the questions so he was there sort of bouncing the baby keeping the baby happy and I was like oh my gosh how old and he said he's three months and I was like oh my gosh my oldest was three months when we took him on his first trip because the guy had told me like oh this is his first trip they had taken him to meet his grandparents was so cute and I said oh my oldest was three months when we took him on his first trip. And he'll be 16 next month. And I was like, I know it's so cheesy, and I'm sure people say this to you all the time, but really, truly, it goes so fast. And when you're in this stage of parenthood, when it's brand new and it's so freaking hard and you're not sleeping, when someone tells you like, oh, it goes so fast, you just can't even take that in. But with a 16-year-old, I can look back and tell you it's very true. And so I was telling this guy that story and it really made me think, and this is what I ended up putting on Instagram, was that it really does go so fast and you can't understand how fleeting it is until you don't have it anymore. So if I could go back in time to my younger self, to myself as a young mother, I really would encourage her to focus on the parts that she loved. Like, I I wish that I could go back in time and do more of the parts of motherhood that I really enjoyed because as a young mother, I was so scared of getting it wrong. Like, y'all can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. I was so scared of getting it wrong that, you know, I was on a schedule and like, the house is clean and make sure the baby's on a sleep schedule and do everything right and puree the food. And it was just like so intense because I didn't know better. And obviously I love my baby and I wanted to do this job well, but I spent most of my early motherhood so stressed out and so scared of messing up, which is just bonkers because I ended up really not enjoying the process. And the example I gave in that post was that I loved when my baby would fall asleep on my chest. Like I loved wearing my baby in like a wrap or like the baby Bjorn or whatever. And I love when I was rocking them or breastfeeding or whatever, and you'd like go to burp them and then they fall asleep. I loved it. It was like the most special feeling. But I was always scared. People had said like, oh, you're going to spoil the baby. You're going to, you know, the baby's going to be spoiled or then they're only going to want to sleep on your chest. And I don't know, maybe that's true. But I do know that every time they fell asleep, I like put them into the bassinet because I was afraid of getting it wrong. And if I could go back in time, I would trade getting it wrong. I would trade not doing a sleep schedule perfectly in order to just have more time with my baby. I wish that I had spent more time with my baby asleep on my chest because that was something that felt so good and so beautiful and so bonding. Like, that's what I wished I had multiplied. But I didn't understand how to do that back then. And no one was telling me, hey, slow down and see what's working and just do more of that. So I really want to say that to you guys. For whatever the dream is and whatever the better version of yourself is, what are the things in your life that are working, that feel really good, that make you happy, that give you energy? Most of our lives, we feel like things are taking energy. So as you're journaling, as you're doing this practice, I want you to ask yourself, what actually gives me life? What is life giving to me? And how can I add more of that? How can I focus more of that? How can I have more of that as I go in this year? Because freaking A, if you're getting rid of things that no longer serve you, if you're pulling anchors that are weighing you down, if you're releasing anchors and you're putting more energy to the stuff that works, you're about to have the greatest year of your life. Seriously, you are about to have your exponential gains, like stuff you can't even imagine is gonna happen to you this year. Just by doing the three things we've already talked about. Having focus, removing stuff that you know should not be there and figuring out how to multiply what works. Come on, you guys. It's like the 80-20 principle, I know you must have heard this. If you haven't, oh gosh, just google it. But essentially, it's a another Italian, I want to say Italian Renaissance, but maybe I'm just making that up. It's called Pareto's principle. But essentially, it's the realization that about 20% of your effort is giving you most of your results. So they call it the 80-20 principle because they realize when they did the math in business it, with athletes, with all sorts of different industries and modalities, they were like, oh, it's really only 20% of what we do that's giving us 80% of what we're trying to have. So in a business, they find that 20% of your product is giving you 80% of your revenue. 20% of your customers equate to 80% of the money that you bring in. It also works in the other direction, right? So like 20% of your customers could potentially be giving you 80% of your grief. 20% of the foods you're eating are responsible for 80% of the way that you're feeling. So it goes, it swings in both directions, but it's a really powerful tool because if you can identify the 20% that's working for you and eliminate the rest, everything explodes in the best possible way. In business, this looks like refinement. This looks like letting go of things that aren't Working as well as others, there's this story about Jack Welch, who was, God, CEO of GE. And Jack Welch, who's this iconic leader and CEO, and there's all sorts of business studies about him. And one of the things he did that made General Electric so successful was he told his team, if we cannot be first or second in a category... I don't care how much money it makes us, we have to stop doing that thing. Now, that's wild because if you look at something like General Electric, you got to believe that if they were third in a specific category, they probably were making millions and millions and millions of dollars. And who would walk away from millions and millions and millions of dollars? Someone who understands the 2080 principle. Someone who understands, well, damn, if we can be first or second, it means that we can thrive in a category we already know how to do. It means that we can excel in a space where we have the team and the resources with the smarts, like we've already figured this thing out. So instead of trying to add more stuff, we're just going to try and multiply what works part one of this episode, I talked about the idea that most human beings think that the way to get ahead is to add stuff. But you know enough about math to understand that multiplication is always going to get you to a higher number, right? Two plus 10 gets you 12. Two multiplied by 10 gets you to 20. So what does it look like in your life, like I'm asking you this question over and over and over because I want you to dive in. I want you to journal it out. Maybe you do a brainstorm with some friends and you talk this through. What are the things that are working? How can we do them better? How can we multiply what's working? If you're a part of my community, then you've maybe seen like we decided to not print another round of start today journals, even though I love that brand and I'm so proud of the work that we did in that space. But as successful as that was, as special as that was, as much money as it made, we're not number one in that category. We're not number two. It's not a huge priority. And if it can't be a huge priority, I don't want to give energy to it. Because where I am, leading in a category is what you're listening to right now, is this podcast. This is me multiplying. Uh, Like Literally, this is an example. Four months ago, five months ago, we did two episodes a week. Right now, we're averaging five, literally five episodes. I do that by batching. I do that by doing interviews so I'm not the only person that's talking all the time on the show but the numbers have skyrocketed because the more energy and intention I give to this podcast the better the content becomes the more committed the community the more you share it the more chance there is to bring other people into the mix because we're doing all kinds of different categories I'm multiplying what works So what does it look like to do that in your life, in your business, and with your goal? Now let's talk about division. Because I told you I love a theme. Division to me, and this one might be really challenging for some of you, is delegation. It's how can I divide up the workload in the most efficient way possible? How can I divide up the workload? This one tends to be really difficult for women, (laughs) for business owners, for people who started a small business and maybe it's gotten bigger and more successful and you really struggle. Maybe you even have team members, but you really struggle with delegating because you're like, oh, it's just faster. I'll just do it myself, right? Or maybe you have team members and one of the things that you need to subtract is the team members that you know are not contributing positively to the work that you're trying to do. A really great question that you can ask yourself if you're a leader, a business owner, or if you've got team members that you sort of know in your heart that maybe this isn't the right thing. A great question to ask yourself is, would I hire this person today? Knowing what I know about them and how they show up and the work that they do, would I hire this person today? And if the answer isn't hell yes, then you have an issue. If the answer is no, I wouldn't hire this person today, then you have to ask yourself why you are still paying them. Hold on. There's a most beautiful rainbow outside my window, and I need to tell my kids to make sure that they see it, too. So I'll be right back. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. traveltexas.com slash get your own. Okay, I'm back. And I know we were talking about division, and I'll get back into it. But I actually think this is a really good teachable moment when we think of the idea of multiplication, of thinking about what works and how you can have more of it. I did an episode this summer about Hawaii and how I've always loved Hawaii and how I made it a goal to work here as much as possible. And over the years, I found a way to come back again and again. It's now a part of my life and my children's lives. And that began with a focus, With deciding that this was something that I really wanted to manifest in my life, it started with identifying what I wanted to multiply, which was getting to do this work in really beautiful spaces. I'm super blessed that I have a job like podcasting that I can record this sitting in the floor of a bedroom. (laughs) You know, all I need is some equipment, which is pretty lightweight. I can do this job. All around the world. And when I pulled it off one time, I was like, oh my gosh, if I can do this from anywhere and my kids can be part of it and it can be a whole thing, then how do I have more of that? But if you don't slow down and ask those questions, you'll never ever think of how to make the good stuff great and how to make the best stuff better. You'll spend so much time obsessing over traffic and the kids' report cards and making sure you don't forget to pay the water bill, like all of these millions of things that weigh on us that we have to do, that we have to keep up with. You won't take time to actually ask yourself, what is this all for? It's why I love the new year so much. Because I have created this ritual of slowing down and asking myself these questions at the start of every year. So I make sure I don't get to the end of my life and wonder what the hell all of this was for. I love hearing those stories about people who like quit their job as a corporate lawyer and go get a tiny house in the woods and like end up living off the land and like volunteering at the animal sanctuary or whatever. And their family's like, oh, Julie's done lost her mind. But meanwhile, Julie's never been happier because she's living life on her terms. That's the point. That's why we do all of this. That's what we're aiming for. My focus, my goal, you know, six years ago or whatever was to be a mogul. But that doesn't have to be your goal. When I say dream a bigger dream, I just mean bigger for you. I just mean better for you. I just mean something that makes you feel excited to get up every day. What's going to make you feel excited to get up? You know how they say people are like, oh my gosh, I I love my kids. My kids are everything. Like I die for them. I die for my family. I die for, hey, that's incredible. But some of y'all are bringing that very intense and fatalistic energy into your everyday meaning you think it doesn't matter if I'm happy. It doesn't matter if this sucks. It doesn't matter if this is brutal or hard or wrong because my job is to kill myself for this family. My job is to pour out all my lifeblood, all my energy, everything. It's about them. It's about taking care of them. And that, y'all, that is not real. Let me flip this for you. You say that you'll die for your family, but will you live for them? Will you live your life for them? Will you set an example of what it looks like to love every day, to live your existence with joy and energy and passion? This this idea that this is all supposed to be miserable. Like it's supposed to be this slog. Like it's supposed to be hard and brutal. And yes, are there parts of life that are hard and brutal? Hell yeah. But I don't believe that that's what every day is supposed to be. Why do we buy into this mythology? Because we're moving so freaking fast. And because the parts and pieces that make us tired, that make this hard, it's easier to numb out those parts than it is to push through them. Slow down long enough to ask what you like to do, what's worth living for, what's special, what's good, what do you want more of this year? How do you create a world where you have a job where you can work from home? How do you create a world where other people look at you, they're like, oh, Ben has lost his mind. You're like, no, Ben has never been happier even if Ben's life doesn't make sense to anybody else but him. You'll die for your family, but will you live? That's the question. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market, because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. Market.com slash ThriveMarket.com slash This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Now, let's get back to the idea of delegation. Because so many of you are real close to burnout. So many of you are overwhelmed. So many of you are snapping at your partner and snapping at your kids. Frustrated with yourself. You, you think you need more energy. You, you drink more coffee. You have another Coke. You do these things to hype yourself up so you can do the job. Then you can't sleep at night. You got to wake up tomorrow, do it all over again. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And yet you keep living the same way. So if we're going to play the game of thematically figuring out math for the new year, then I'm going to ask you, what are some things that you can take off your plate? What are some balls that you can just let drop? What are some things that you can say no to this year? If you need some parameters, go back to the focus, go back to the word, go back to who you want to be and say no to everything that does not get you closer to that version of yourself. No, I do not have time to volunteer. No, I'm sorry. I can't go to Margarita Monday with you and the girls because I'm really working on my health. And I just know that if I'm with you guys, it'll trigger me and I'm not able to do that. But I'd love to see you. Can we go on a, you know, we could grab coffee and go on a walk around the lake. Like what can we do that fits into both of our vision for this new year? No, I can't babysit for you because I only have so much time and I need to be able to focus on this thing I'm working on over here. No, I can't take on extra hours. Thank you so much for the opportunity, client, customer, boss, but I can't take on anything extra because I only have a finite amount of time this year and I really want to make sure I'm saying yes to my dreams. How can we learn to delegate? How can we learn to do the things that only we can do. I am the only one who can record my podcast. I'm the only one. But there are a thousand moving parts in my business. And even today, even after all this time as an entrepreneur, if I'm not careful, I will accidentally start doing things that are not a good use of my time, that I'm not actually even that skilled at, I just know how to do. So if I'm not careful, I'll spend precious time that I could be using to write another chapter in the book or to record another episode for you guys. I'll, I'll spend that precious time trying to figure out how to use MailChimp. The thing only I can do is write the email for you. But designing that email, sending it out, I know how to do that, but I'm not very good at it. But if I don't slow down and make sure I'm delegating away anything that someone else can do, and by the way, someone else does way better than me, if I'm not careful, I'll get locked in the minutiae. And in the minutiae of doing all the things, that's when you get really frustrated. That's when you get burnt out. That's when you're like, oh, I've lost the passion that I used to have for this thing that I, no, you haven't lost the passion. You're just exhausted and you're exhausted because you're doing too much. So same as all the others, I want you to journal. I want you to ask yourself, I want you to go through that calendar audit with this in mind. What are the things that have to get done, but that I personally don't need to do? It's really hard For a lot of women, especially to ask for help. And even harder, getting help, but it doesn't show up exactly how you want it to. And so then you get frustrated, right? Then you try and control the situation. You're like, I'll just do it myself. I've probably told the story a thousand times. But when I first got married 20 something years ago, this older woman told me the story of when she was a newlywed. She was very persnickety, and she had a really specific way she wanted everything done. And this was her house, and this was how things were going to look. And she was doing laundry one weekend, and she was folding the towels. And her husband came up and started to help her. And he started folding the towels, and every single thing he did, she got mad at him. You're doing that wrong. You're doing this wrong. No, that's not how you do it. You're supposed to do a trifold, and we're supposed to bit And he finally got so frustrated to put the towel down. She said, you know, we've been married 40 years. And he never offered to help me fold the towels again. There are people in our lives who will try and make us feel guilty when we ask for help. That's not who I'm talking about. Stay away from those people. But if you actually have people in your life that have your best interests at heart, that want to help you, that want to support you, accept the help and understand that it's not going to be the exact way that you would have done it. I was at the airport when we were coming out here, and I watched this woman who was the most, as far as I could tell, the most devoted, present, joyful mother. To look at this person, you, I was like, oh, she's got to be like a kindergarten teacher. She's so happy. She's so, she had two girls. One was like eight, and one was a baby, like maybe two. And she just was so, oh, you just tell, just such a good mom. And literally nothing her husband did was good enough. Now, I don't know the story. I don't have context. Maybe he's a jerk. Maybe they're having issues. Maybe he cheated on her and she can't forgive him. I don't know. I don't know the context. But what I know is that he tried to do everything, <laughs> tried to help, tried to get her coffee. She didn't like the kind of coffee he got her, tried to, he like was getting breakfast tacos for their kids. And then like he got the wrong ones and she just so annoyed with them no matter what he did because they're sitting right next to me. So I couldn't help but over here. And then I noticed that the daughter, the eight-year-old, was also talking to him. like So she had learned from mama, like, oh, this is how we talk to daddy. And you and I, we all know someone like this. We all know a woman that no matter what her partner does, it's never enough. It's never right. It's never good enough. And maybe you're listening to this. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. And we all have flaws. We all have things that we need to fix in ourselves. But I worry sometimes when it's a woman finding flaws with a man, that culture really encourages that, that culture is like, yeah, men are stupid, men are idiots, they never get it right, da 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 like there's all these memes about it. And like, look, I'm the biggest feminist you're ever going to meet, fuck the patriarchy, lots of men are crap, but lots of men are amazing. Lots of men are trying their best, just like you're trying their best. And from an outside looking in, this poor man was trying so hard and there was literally nothing, nothing he could do that was right. And I was debating all these things like, oh yeah, maybe, I don't know the context. Maybe there's this, maybe there's that, maybe he's really a jerk behind the scenes. And then the rest of the family showed up because it's the holidays, right? So it was a whole extended family traveling together. So then this woman's mom and dad get there. Because now now y'all, I'm invested. I'm watching this whole thing play out. Her mom and dad get there. Mom and dad sit down, same area. And I watch the mom do the exact same thing to her dad. I watch this woman's parents having the exact same relationship that she has. And I was like, oh my lordy, does this woman see this? Or is this just what is acceptable in their family is that women are just so bitchy to the men and they find these men who are like getting smaller and smaller and smaller and like have just learned to say nothing and do nothing and be nothing because no matter what they try, it's never right. I just say this because if you're looking at delegating or asking for help and someone is earnestly helping you and you're getting the result, even if the way that they get it isn't exactly what you wanted. The other day at the airport, those kids ate. They ate breakfast tacos. They didn't eat the exact breakfast tacos that she wanted him to get. He got the order wrong. She made him go back three times, still wasn't the right order. She was like, the tortillas are cold, the da-da-da, like nothing was right. But you know what? Those kids ate breakfast. (laughs) You got the result that you wanted. And even though you got the result that you wanted because it didn't show up the way that you thought it should, you made another human being feel like crap. That's not what we're trying to do here. You can't truly level up in one area of your life and still have a piece of your heart that has ugliness in it. Delegating is a really good way to look at yourself and understand how you're interacting with others. Are you codependent? Are you too hard on the people in your lives? Are you not hard enough? Are you a doormat? Your willingness to bring other people into the equation, which is what delegation is, is really going to probably open up a bit of Pandora's box for you this year. But that's a good thing. Experiencing success without experiencing healing along with it means that the success will not be lasting. It's impossible. If you want to continue to elevate all of the boats in your harbor, you got to work on them all. So think about that. As you consider asking other people to assist in the process. The last thing is adding. (laughs) I saved it for last because I want you to think of this as the last thing that you're going to look to. In fact, maybe you only consider adding once you've done something from every other category we talked about in today's episode. But when it comes to the idea of addition, this looks like, what can I add to my life that will help me to get to my goal faster? And in this instance, y'all, please do not look for a hack. Don't look for a shortcut. Don't go do internet research. Don't go try and find a master plan. Don't go get a coach. Don't go high level. I want you to go really simple. Without doing a speck of research, I guarantee that whatever it is you're working on, you know right now the next best thing that you could add to the equation. You know it. You don't need to look elsewhere. You want to look elsewhere because then... You're doing work, and I'm using air quotes. You're working on the project without actually doing anything. Brainstorming is fun. Masterminds are fun. Looking on Pinterest is fun. Researching is fun because we hype ourselves up with all of the ideas of what could be without actually having to do anything that's hard. When it comes to addition, It needs to be something that stretches you and challenges you. For me, right now, the thing I needed to add was this episode of the show. It was going and doing my word count today because I'm on deadline for a book. It wasn't fun. It wasn't exciting. It was the work. That's what you need to add. What's the work? What is the next best thing for you to do to get you closer to your word. That's it. Stop buying access to conferences. Stop taking online courses. Stop stop doing stuff if you've already done it. Yeah, it's really fun, but it is not going to get you closer to the goal. So if you're looking at what to add, let's add that. As you go into the year ahead I mean, I've said it before a million times. It's the foundation of everything I do. I believe that you are capable of making your life better. I believe that you can make your life better in every possible way. But it takes intentionality. It takes slowing down, asking questions, being real, figuring out a plan, and then doing the work. Do your work. Do your work. Do your work. Do your work. And if you feel lost, if you feel like you work at it for a couple months and you feel confused, come back. Come back to this episode. Come back to your journal entry. Come back to that calendar audit. Come back to the vision you had right now about who you are and who you are becoming. Doesn't mean that it will be easy. But with some guardrails for yourself, with some guidance, it's possible. Because now you have direction. Now you've got the recipe. Now you have the equation. And if we have those pieces, anything is possible. I am wishing you all the good energy, luck, joy, life as you head into the new year. I hope you dream big. I hope you choose a word that scares you a little bit. And when it gets hard, I hope that you will encourage yourself and then you will think of how you encourage yourself and you'll go encourage someone else. If every single time you felt like, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how I'm doing this and I don't know what comes next, if every single time that popped up in your life, if you used it as an opportunity to encourage someone else, you would literally change everyone around you. I'll be back soon with more conversation. Until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you.